Welcome to the Life to the Fullest podcast by EF3. I'm your host, Dan Jason. At EF3 Life, we are committed to sharing life with you as we journey on together. We believe in self-improvement, growth, and impacting the lives of others. Our four pillars are deeply rooted in the areas of education, faith, fitness, and finance, spreading love, positivity, and the good news while we grow up to become the best version of ourselves is what we strive for. We believe in obtaining greatness and desire to empower people as we work to share this platform to inspire those we encounter and build up the kingdom. Be sure to visit EF3Life.com and follow us on social media at EF3Life. Welcome to the Life to the Fullest podcast. I'm your host, Dan Jason. Here today, another episode of Conversations in a Car. It is Advent. It's the second Sunday of Advent. We're just so blessed as we celebrate this joyous time of year in the hopeful expectation of the coming of our Savior. And on this second Sunday of Advent, it's worthwhile mentioning a number of things. First of all, as we unpack this season that's leading up to Christmas, we want to make sure that we're cognizant and bringing to mind all the beautiful wonders of this time of year. The majesty, the magic, the love, the mercy of God, who decides to come to us, Emmanuel, God with us. And before we really dive deeply into the Christ child, his birth, and the whole wonderment of the star of Bethlehem and coming to this world, we've got to also look at the beautiful examples of his parents, the Holy Family. And this time of year, I know coming off of Thanksgiving, being able to spend a lot of time with family and friends, and now... In Advent, as we're a few weeks away from Christmas, this holiday and the season of being with those that we love the most, of celebrating these times, these days, our faith, and those who matter so much to us, it's important for us to call to mind the importance of family, the depth that we have of the people in our inner circles, and those that are our friends who are like family as well. Now, I'm sure that, like me, you have many holiday parties and gatherings and you know, lots of different events that are happening. There's a lot of hustle and bustle during this time of year for sure. People who are getting ready for you know, buying gifts and preparations for relatives coming in out of town. But it's important for us to take some time to sit back and to reflect. To take some moments in our daily life as we're journeying on with the Lord, as we're welcoming Him with His first coming and always in this eager expectation of His second coming where He will prepare a way for us and take us into heaven. As we're journeying together, I'm just so grateful that you're joining us today in the Life to the Fullest podcast so we can unpack that all and so we can dive deeply into the role of Mary and Joseph as part of our faith. Now, I just came off of this tremendous Advent breakfast, Wolfert's Roost up in Albany, New York, and you know, Deacon Marty, uh, man of faith, tremendous man of God, who is blessing our parish at St. Pius X. And he gave an address for the Lenten breakfast, and he entitled it Bullets and Rosary Beads. And it's just amazing to think about the faith and how it can really come full circle and how we hear you know, amazing stories, people's experiences, and the things that we do in our daily life and how God has used us to impact and influence others. And it leads me to recognize that each of us has a story. 
And what better way to understand our lives and how we came to be, where our faith is at today, than to look at the story of Mary and Joseph and the coming birth of Jesus Christ. You you have this woman, Mary, and on this podcast we've talked about her, her deep trust, her willingness to obey the Lord, to allow Him to come fully into her heart and into her life because she was so open and honest and so trusting. And that word is going to play a real role for us in our own journey as we're preparing for Christmas, but also as we unpack who is the Blessed Virgin, who was she during that day and age, and who is she for us today. And then we're also going to look at the role of St. Joseph, her most chaste spouse, a man that maybe the Bible doesn't talk too much about. He's not mentioned too many times. However, he has such a prominent placement. We're also coming off of the very end of the year of St. Joseph, dedicated to his patronage and really showing us the way, leading by that humble example. So we're going to look at both of those aspects today so that we can deepen our own faith together because as always, we are journeying on and that journey continues because we're trying to get closer and closer to the heart of Christ so that he can fill us up and we can share him with the world. So when it comes to the Virgin Mother, the Blessed Mary, the woman and mother of the church who bore the Savior of the world. You've got to think about this profound trust. And at 14 or so years of age, at least that's what scripture scholars date her at having been conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. Could you imagine that experience and what that would do to somebody who certainly wasn't ready to have a baby yet. Why? Because she was betrothed to Joseph and wanted to do things according to Jewish law, custom, and the right way in reliance of her faith. And all of a sudden, she finds out that she's pregnant. But let's backtrack a little bit because it's important to understand this woman, the Immaculate Conception, the Immaculata, the one who is conceived without sin, and the woman who becomes the mother of all, the mother of the Savior of the world. Well, she had such great parents as well, St. Anne, St. Joachim. And they laid a foundation of the faith for her as this Jewish girl growing up and understanding what mattered, the family, prayer, steadfastness, reliance on God, hopeful expectation, and trust. And you take all those things into consideration, and she's from a poor town, And you have God who enters into human existence, becomes fully human, although staying fully divine as well. And he chooses Mary. Now, God could have chosen anyone, but he specifically chose Mary because he knew her heart. He knew he had designed her from the creation of the universe, the start of everything, that the word made flesh would dwell within her. And he understood and realized that this woman would transform the world with the caring of the Christ child, the light of the world, Jesus, Emmanuel. So now we're thinking about here we are and Mary is pregnant and in her womb is a baby. And clearly the mystery of it all is certainly something 
that relies on great faith and trust and hope in God in our own life to really fully comprehend and understand. Though we might not always have the answers in our life, it's so important that we rely on that trusting influence of our Blessed Mother. And having devotion to her can help us to get closer to her son. So as she's pregnant, as she hears the angel's voice and understands that this is the working of the Holy Spirit, she literally becomes the spouse of the Holy Spirit. Imagine Mary, the spouse of the Holy Spirit, having Jesus in her womb. And it's this thought, like, how could this be? And then we have St. Joseph, and he gets wind of this, that she's pregnant. Now, he doesn't know what to make of it, but he knows that it's not his child. He hasn't had relations with her as they're waiting until they're married. And instead of divorcing her publicly and causing shame on Mary, which would have ended in a stoning by death, because in that day and age, if you were caught in adultery, you were stoned to death. Especially the woman being put in that circle. And I know this might be a little bit out of order, but I want to call to mind that time when we foreshadow and go into the future from this point of her being pregnant, and then we see Jesus entering the scene of another woman who was caught in adultery in the Gospels, and he asked those to cast the first stone who's without sin, and all of them drop their stones and walk away. And Jesus talks about her faith being the one thing that will save her and saying, go and sin no more. So now we rewind and we're back here with the Blessed Virgin and St. Joseph decides, I'm going to divorce her quietly because I don't want to bring shame on her or her life and I certainly love her so much, even though I can't stay with her, I want to make sure that she is not put to death and that no harm comes her way. So he divorces her quietly and he goes about it and he's about to do so until the angel appears to him and says, Joseph, be not afraid. Mary is with child, and this is the doing of the Holy Spirit. You're to name him Jesus. And Joseph does just that. Joseph becomes that prime, humble example of a man who is willing to be more or less the stepfather, the adopted father of the Christ. Now we have the Holy Family, we have this beautiful example of a dad in St. Joseph, of a mother, not just any mother, but the mother then of the entire church of our faith. And we have Christ. And this is the scene, this is what happens at Christmas time, the birth of the Lord comes about. When you hear those readings during this Advent season, you hear them Christmas time, just can't help but smile. The joy of the Lord coming. Emmanuel, God with us. God choosing to be one with us. The Word made flesh coming and dwelling with us. That is powerful. And that's something to think about during this season. Why? Because that's where we are today and that's what this is all about. The gifts, the celebrations, the Christmas tree, the times with children, Santa Claus, all these things are good. But the real reason that we celebrate this season is the Christ, the hopeful expectation of what is to come. 
every year when we welcome Jesus back into our life in the creche, in the crib, in the manger, it's this time for us to recognize and understand who we are and whose we are. So now thinking about who is Mary, who is she then, and who is she for you today, that can help you to grow closer to Christ in your own relationship with Him. Why? Because she carried the Savior of the world. And if this poor, humble, sometimes people would say even lost younger woman who still had faith, who didn't really know God's plan for her life, but she trusted fully, can bear the Savior of the world and then raise Him up and be there his entire life, nurturing Him, inspiring Him, encouraging Him, reflecting on all things that God had for her in her heart, and then being there at the point of his death, at the point of the cross, and then Jesus saying to everyone, but through the blessed disciple, the Apostle John, this is your mother, saying, take her into your home, and behold, this is your son. It comes full circle, it's so beautiful, and it's such a reminder to us all, the Blessed Mother's role then was to bear the Savior of the world, was to nurture Christ, was to be a mother to this human baby, who's also, yes, divine. That's a great responsibility. And I'm sure she didn't know how she would do it at 14 years of age, but she certainly did know that God had her future and she trusted in Him fully. And it all worked out in the way that it needed to for salvation history to unfold. Her yes to God, her yes in her heart years before to welcome Him into her life, then welcomes the infant into her womb and issues in the majesty of the birth of Christ during Christmas. So that's Mary and who she was then. Who is she to you today? That's a twofold question. Who is she today and who is she for you in your life? We know that she is continuing to be the mother of the church, continuing to welcome Christ into our hearts, into our lives, continuing to be there as the Immaculata, the spouse of the Holy Spirit, the one who wants us to truly thirst for the heart of Jesus because he's thirsting for you. He desires you. He desires your heart. And he wants your all. He wants to be your all in all. The Alpha and the Omega. The first and the last. The beginning and the end. And during this Christmas time where there is joyful celebration, it's important for us to recognize Mary's role in this and understand that that joy that she brings about in the coming birth and that humility and that trust is something that we can look towards and have as an example in our own lives so that way we can be more like her so we can grow closer to her son. And that's something that's so important and valuable for us all because as we're growing closer to Christ, as we're growing closer to the Lord, He will change our hearts. And Mary is the gateway. She is the one that will help us to be elevated to the quickest and surest way to sainthood. You know, that is the truth because she knows her son best. And in knowing her son best, she knows that we need to know him. She also will take everything to him. So that makes me think, who is Mary for you today? I know in my own life, praying the rosary is something that's 
as important as breathing air. It's something that I do every single day. It's because I need it. I need her intercession. I need the Blessed Mother to help me to grow closer to Christ. And those intercessions have been profoundly impactful in my own life, my own journey of faith. And especially as we're meditating on the joyful mysteries. The joyful mysteries really help us to understand this Christmas season, this Advent leading up to the birth of the Lord. Because you think about them, the five joyful mysteries, you have first the Annunciation, announcing that Jesus is in the womb of the Virgin Mother, that she is carrying the Savior of the world. And then you have the Visitation, where Mary then goes to visit Elizabeth. And when she's there, she visits Elizabeth, John leaps in the womb, and so does the Christ child, knowing that the newborn king is going to come into the world. And then you have the nativity, and that is the actual presence of Christ here, coming and being born into creation, into time and space, to journey with us for the next 33 or 34 years of his life before He's crucified before he dies and before he then raises from the dead and then ascends to the Father where he's there now. Although we know that he's always journeying with us, that he's right by our side and helping us through it all. But that coming down into the world, being in the world and helping us to understand that he was walking with us to realize what human beings were going to go through, to walk the path, to be in our, our shoes to understand the pains and the difficulties. And then you have the fourth joyful mystery, and that is the presentation in the temple. And they're offering up Jesus to the Lord, giving honor to God for this child. And lastly, the fifth joyful mystery, the finding of Jesus in the temple, where he's actually teaching at around 11 or 12 years old those scribes and Pharisees and sharing from the heart what God has shared with him. So as you're praying these joyful mysteries, you can really grow closer, not only to the Blessed Mother and having her intercede for you and on your behalf, but also to the Christ, to God himself, as we walk hand in hand, as we journey closer to the Lord during this Christmas season. And then you think deeper as you're reflecting on your life, as you're looking at the ways that God has blessed you and the joys that are to come. Who is Mary for you today? Who is she? Is she that mother? Is she that one that's going to guide you to her son? The answer is yes. Are you allowing her to? Are you open to where she is asking you to go on behalf of the Father? And it's so important. You know, for those out there that maybe have a mom that they're really close to, and even for those who maybe their mother has passed or maybe there was somebody that was a mother figure because something had happened to their own mother, it's so critical to understand that a mother's love is steadfast and will never end. It never ceases no matter what happens, no matter how many difficulties you've been through or maybe how many troubles that you've caused yourself, how much sinfulness. But she thirsts for our hearts that way we can grow closer to her so she can take us to her son. After a quick commercial break, be right back at it, and we will uncover the role of St. Joseph and his prominence in our life and the life of the church and his role in the Holy Family. Life to the Fullest podcast is brought to you by EF3 Life. 
Make sure to visit ef3life.com for great faith-based books and resources like my latest inspirational work of literature entitled The Saint Next Door, Practicing Heaven by Living Love and Discovering God's Holiness Within. A special thanks to Bishop Ed Sharpenberger from the Diocese of Albany for his endorsement and contributions. Check out other books like my bestseller, Fire Burning Within, and more episodes of this podcast as we journey on together to grow closer to the heart of God. For the latest updates, follow us on social media at EF3Life. And as always, keep living life to the fullest. Welcome back to the Life to the Fullest podcast. I'm your host, Dan Jason, here today on the second Sunday of Advent. Before we unpack the role of St. Joseph in our church, in our life, and in this Advent season, I just want to take a moment to let you know that there's a great book that I recently had published called The Saint Next Door. And I'm very grateful to Bishop Edward Scharfenberger of the Diocese of Albany for helping me with this book, endorsing it, as well as writing the forward and the introductory chapters. And the reason why I'm bringing it up today is because during this Advent season, during this time in our lives, it's important for us to realize the saints in our own life. Those people who have holiness that continue to inspire and encourage each and every one of us. It's also worthwhile recognizing that God has a plan for you and he's calling each of us to be saints. That's what he desires for us to be. As we journey together on this road to heaven, my hope is that we can continue to inspire one another, encourage each other, and to walk with one another to get closer to the heart of Christ and ultimately to share his love and God's love with every person that we encounter. So as we're unpacking the role of St. Joseph, it's important to understand during this Christmas season, the humility of St. Joseph is just profound. I was recently at That Man Is You, a program that we do for men every Friday in our parish. 90 or so men come together in the mornings, 6 a.m., to unpack the Word of God, to hear an inspiring message, and then to discuss in small groups how that message resonates with their hearts and what's going on in their own life on their journey. And recently we were talking about St. Joseph and it was really powerful to hear how St. Joseph has impacted many of the guys, guys that are fathers, guys that are sons, grandsons, guys that are working really hard, blue collar, white collar workers, what have you. And just hearing how St. Joseph and his ultimate trust in the Lord really was powerful. But the thing that really struck me to the greatest magnitude was St. Joseph's humility. Can you imagine being only a few years older than, the, than Mary was at that time, so in your maybe later teens, and you're betrothed, about to be getting married to this beautiful woman who you know is holy, and you've really tried your best to live your life according to Jewish law and custom, and then all of a sudden you find out that she's pregnant. And it's like, whoa, slams you upside the head like this life and bomb goes off. How can this be? And then eventually, as the angel appears to him and he has this moment where he understands that this is of God's doing and how beautiful it is, even though he must still be confused, he must still be questioning, he must still be wrestling with this whole thing because that was not his plan per se for his life. But St. Joseph, right off the bat, shows us by that prime example of humility 
because not only did he not want to bring shame to Mary or to have anything harmful happen to her, but he was willing to take all the brunt of everything on himself so that way he would face whatever it was that was going to be the ramifications, even though he had nothing to do with this child that she was about to bear. That trust in God from the start really makes sense because God knew his heart and knew that he was the right man to be the dad of Jesus. And in being the dad of Jesus, he also emulates this beautiful example of what being a father should be about. What leading by example in a quiet manner, being the head of a household, showing the people in your own family the right way of doing things, even when it might be unpopular and even though it might be uncommon. So we started to unpack St. Joseph, and in this year of St. Joseph, it's so worthwhile mentioning that his ability to see God's plan and will for his own life and to be open to it was so powerful and profound, and it's something that we must do as well. That trust that St. Joseph had also radiated the trust of the Blessed Mother. It gave her that confidence, it gave her that vote of security that I'm going to be here with you, stay with you in this. And St. Joseph is staying with us in our troubles and trials as well. You know, asking him for intercession, asking him to help us to be the better version of our own selves, especially as guys in the faith, but also as women as well, to understand that Joseph's role was critical in the coming and issuing in of the Christ child. Because we know that the role of dads and fathers in life are so important and prominent, especially for young boys. And you got Jesus, who's here as a young child, and we don't know a ton about him as a, as a boy, but we do know that he was doing the work of the carpenter with his dad, St. Joseph. And Joseph was a hard worker. He's somebody that's going to provide for the family. And from the very onset, when he knew that this birth was going to happen, well before Jesus was born, he wanted to protect the family. And it gives us this example of that husband or that, that leader, that male leadership of being the protector, of being someone that's going to guide, and someone's going to show the way. And that's what he did. He took Mary and he took her and with a few probably donkeys and maybe a caravan of camels or some small contingency. And they go following the star. And they follow that star to Bethlehem, to a manger, to a place that's probably smelly and stinky and maybe disgusting, but that's the best that they could do in order to have the Lord born in a safe and loving environment. And St. Joseph, unwavering faith, doesn't question it really, is just somebody who's willing to do what God asks of him. And although it doesn't talk too much about him, like I said, in Scripture, what it does show us by his life is that you can make a profound impact and you can make a difference by just doing. You know, so oftentimes we could talk about things, but it's about being about it. And that prime example, that humility, is something that we can all learn from, we can all grow from, and we can all emulate in our own life. And in doing so, that prime example will help us to be more like St. Joseph in our own lives, in our own ways, in the way that God calls us to be so. And that's something that St. Joseph also has done for me and did for these guys in this group where we unpacked him and his role in the church, and that's leadership. 
And there's two different types of leadership. There's leadership where we're using the gifts that God has given us. Maybe it's our talents and abilities, our ability to speak and to draw in crowds and to be able to be somebody who's like issuing in the coming of the reign of God, like a John the Baptist who's out there and the voice of the one crying out in the desert. And there's also this quiet leadership, this humble example, this meekness and this beauty that's radiating from the heart of St. Joseph, who then leads his son throughout his life, throughout the course of his life, to give him the mentorship, to give him what he needed to hear, what he needed to see, the environment, along with the Blessed Mother, to be able to then kind of just disappear from the scene in a way. Because Joseph knows that Jesus has a special place, not only in his life as his son, but also in the salvation of the world. And he comes to realize that. And in our own life, we can look at that as an example because sometime is our day and our time to continue to lead, to be that humble example. And there are times we might speak up as well, but then there's people who come onto the scene as well who now it's their time. And helping them to be prepared for that, being somebody who's celebratory of it, and leading them so that way when that time does come, they're ready, that is a role as well. So now you have St. Joseph, the Virgin Mother, and of course, Jesus. We talked about who Mary is, who she was, and who she is for you and I today. My hope is that St. Joseph is somebody that you could turn to in prayer. You can learn about, you can read about, you can study, and just emulate his quiet example. Because although he was quiet, he had a prominent role in the Holy Family, and he certainly did lead, and he was willing to do whatever God asked of him to ensure the best possible situation in life for both Christ, for Mary, and to be somebody in his community that would be looked up to. Lastly, I want to talk about Christ, the birth of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And we're going to expand upon this next week, but you got to ultimately understand that this is the reason not only for this season of Advent, not only for this hopeful expectation of Christmas and the birth and being able to experience this and be able to put ourselves back 2,000 years ago when this was all taking place. But it's the reason for our life. It's the reason we're here today. And it's the reason that we have that joy in our hearts amidst all the difficulties of life. And I want to put a precedence and emphasis on that because look at the way that Jesus came into the world. He could have come with this glorious fanfare. He could have come as the son of kings. He could have come on thrones of royalty. And although he is the Prince of Peace and the King of Kings, He entered this world the most humble and meek manner to poor parents who are dedicated to God, who are just beautiful examples of the faith. But he's born in a manger amidst the dung, amidst the smell, amidst the cold of the environment at the time. At the night where the star is beaming and that's the light of the world who's coming in for us all to give us this hope. Because here's the thing, life is messy and it's hard. 
and sometimes it's smelly and sometimes things don't go our way. Sometimes there are people who are out to get us like King Herod was trying to, to kill him. That's why they had to flee and to go out into the desert and to leave to eventually land in Nazareth. But it's so important for us to understand that the way that Jesus enters into human existence is tremendously powerful because he did it in the most humble manner. He did it in a way that we can relate to. If you look at how babies are born today, coming into the world, it's a messy situation. Technology certainly has changed and things have developed over the centuries, but it's no different than when we welcome in a child into our family. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful because the light of a little one gives such great hope and joy, smiles and happiness to those around us. There's no greater joy than the Lord and His coming. And that comes full circle because when we have Christ in our hearts burning with that flame of love, that hopeful expectation, not only of this Christmas season, not only of who Jesus is for us today, 2,000 years later, but who He is forever. Because He awaits us in the kingdom of God, where we will meet Him again, and when He comes again, in the fullness of God's reign, divinity, love, and providence. During this Advent, I'm grateful that you're taking time to journey with me, whether it be through conversations in a car like this one, or the be around your dinner table with those that you love during holiday celebrations, during feasts of Advent and Christmas. My hope is that you welcome in your family like Christ welcomes us into His, the Holy Family, a prime example of prayer, of love, of community, of the church. Mary, the Blessed Virgin Mother, is always with us to guide us and protect us, to lead us closer to her son. St. Joseph, the humble example, her most chaste spouse, there to show us and lead us by his example how to be more closely trusting in the Lord in our life, even when things don't go according to plan. And together they welcomed in their son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who is here with us today, Emmanuel, God with us. The angels will be singing, the choirs and dominions, and all the principalities, the heavenly hosts, will welcome in the Christ. Welcome him into your heart. I invite you to continue to journey with us through this Advent as we continue to look at the scriptures, to break bread together, and to get ready for the coming Savior of the world, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Let us pray. O Blessed Virgin Mary and Saint Joseph, we ask that you intercede for us today. We ask that we might welcome into our hearts the Lord, that we are prepared for the coming Feast of Christ for this Christmas. During this Advent, help us to look always towards the light, to understand that Jesus is the one that's shining in the darkness, that can help us to overcome any difficulty we might be facing, and to help us to always point towards Him and to share His love with those we encounter. May God bless you, may God keep you, and as always, continue to always understand the reason for the season and the journey closer to the heart of Christ. For EF3 Life and the Life to the Fullest podcast, I'm your host, Dan Jason. 
Make sure to visit ef3life.com and check out my latest release book, The Saint Next Door, as well as other nonfiction faith-based texts and children's books like Jesus Loves You and Is Your Friend. Follow us on social media at EF3Life. And as always, keep living life to the fullest.